Hey, Richard Gottlieb. Chris Byrne. How you doing? Great. We've got a really great and important guest today. We have Christian Ulrich with the Spielberg Mesa, the world's largest toy show, I think by a magnitude. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation today about changes there and what's coming up. Indeed. And this is the Playground Podcast with me, Chris Byrne, and my co-host and cohort, Richard Gottlieb, and we are brought to you by Global Toy Experts, the toy guy, and marketing and media agency, Chizcom. And Christian, thank you so much for making the time, joining us from all the way from uh, across the Atlantic. Hello, Chris, um, and hi, uh, Richard. Uh, It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So I guess we're going to jump right in because it looks like the Spielwarenmesse is going to be one of the first major shows where everybody is going to be together in 2022. Fingers are crossed. People are both excited and anxious. What's the update? Well, I think you know the history. Um, so um, we had an affair in 2020, and it was just before um, uh, COVID-19 was, was really coming in and hitting us all. So we were very lucky. We were one of the last really international exhibitions um, in February uh, 2020. Uh, And then we were planning um, a fair in uh, 2021, so this year, um, which was then uh, shifted to the summer. We actually had a summer edition, uh, and we were looking forward to this uh, because this would have been the first um, edition of Spielbahn Messe in a very long history in the summertime in a totally different, uh, different surrounding. But um, this couldn't happen too. Um, So, but now we are quite sure that uh, next year in February, um, we are going to restart the fair again. It looks good at the moment. Um, We have about uh, 1,700 exhibitors um, uh, who will be there. Um, And they are from, uh, as far as I remember, from 61 countries. And we also uh, did make a survey among the visitors because um, we don't have the the, the direct contact to the visitors as we have uh, to the um, exhibitors. So we had an online survey and we were asking them um, how probably it is, um, will you come um, or, or not? And we had 77% um, of the visitors um, who said, yes, we definitely um, will come uh, to Spielbahn Messe. And there were um, 20%, they were quite unsure because they said, we don't know how the situation will be in, in February, uh, and, but we have to start the preparation now. And we don't know, we will see um, how the situation um, will change. Um, but only 3% of our visitors definitely said, no, we will not come. And uh, this was really motivating um, for us to see this picture. Uh, I was there in 2020, Chris was there in 2020. It was just the last sunny moments before the pandemic. Looking forward to going back very much. Are there any safety protocols that you put in place? For instance, are you making a requirement that people have a vaccine or wear a mask? As of this point, have you decided on your protocols? Oh, yes, we have a lot of um, measurements that um, we've been taking for the next fair. But this is changing all the time because um, we started a year ago um, and we were discussing it um, with all the authorities here and, of course, with the fairground owner of the Nuremberg Messe. There will be these these rules uh, I think you're all familiar with, um, uh, referring to hygiene, um, to having a distance, um, 
So um, to be uh, tested, either tested uh, or vaccinated um, or recovered when you enter the fair. Um, but um, this, this might be totally different um, in February. What is sure is that there will be an, an online registration for all the visitors so that you have all the data in advance uh, and then you, it should be something you can follow these contacts. Also, quite sure that the situation um, will be better than it is now. So, in 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 Bavaria, it's now it's just the start um, of of the fair business. But till till February, I'm quite sure um, the rules won't be so strict as they are um, still at the moment. Uh, Christian, are there any restrictions on how whether Americans at this point? can go to Germany, and if they can go to Germany, are there any restrictions or protocols? There is only one, there's, a, there's an online form that you have um, to fill out when you come as a US citizen um, to Nuremberg. But um, and of course you have to be vaccinated, tested or recovered. But if you are, there is uh, no uh, quarantine um, for you. And if you're traveling back, and this is very often the problem, if you're traveling back to the U.S., um, there are no restrictions for the U.S. citizens um, at the moment. This is different in other countries, um, I have to admit. But especially for U.S. citizens, um, I don't see any major problems. What are you hearing from buyers? As Are they signing up to come? I mean, one of the things that happened here in the U.S. was the Dallas show. When uh, the retailers started saying that they weren't coming, they, because of their own internal protocols, they postponed the show till next year. So are, what are you hearing from buyers about their willingness to travel to Nuremberg and be there for the show? Uh, that's the online survey I mentioned. Um, so nearly um, 80% said they, they would come. But um, if, you, if you look into the, the, the different countries, okay, the, the situation is quite different. So Europeans, they don't see any problems. Um, uh, and I think most of them really will come. If you look to China, for example, um, situation is different because uh, at the moment, when you're going back to China or Hong Kong, for example, um, you have a very long quarantine. Uh, so I think it's three to four weeks, depending um, on the region where you're coming from. And this is really a major problem. So, of course, we expect that there will be um, less visitors, uh, especially from Far East. Um, but um, uh, if I see the European situation, and I also think the US, I'm sure um, we will have a very high percentage uh, if you compare to 2020. Christian, I would think that for the, the Spielbergmesse, not going would be a competitive disadvantage because there's a world of products that you would not be seeing. So uh, I'm very hopeful that People make the decision to go, certainly based on safety protocols, but also um, uh, making the best business decision based on the situation at the time, which we hope and I think is going to be okay. I'm looking forward to being there again and walking my feet off, trying to get around all those uh, buildings. Do you have any more buildings this year? It's another like three buildings you've opened up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that, that people are very eager um, to um, to see um, all, all the the other uh, people working in the toy business. That's very important. But also, um, I think they, they want to feel and touch um, products again because um, well, you can present everything um, via digital media, um, and we all have these. Um, online and digital um, congresses and, and events and, and fairs, uh, but it's not the same. 
So you don't really feel the quality and especially the, the, the fun that you have um, if you play something. So um, I think especially in our kind of um, industry, um, it's, it's so important. Um, and, and especially Spielwarmesse has this long tradition. And I know that a lot of our visitors and exhibitors, um, they, they are coming to us for 20 years, sometimes even more. Um, and it's really a fixed state in their diary. I think it will be a quite a nice reunion for this kind yeah. of industry when they all come back and, and see each other. One of the things you guys do is a pretty comprehensive education program for attendees. And I know that my co-host Richard is one of the stars of that program. Yay! And, and what have you got planned for this year, especially as we're coming out of COVID and we've had all these shipping problems and this is a time when people are going to be hungry for information. What have you got planned for this? Well, um, we will have a lot of expert talks then. And, and actually, the, the program is, is already fixed now um, at the moment. It will be about um, the future, of course, the future um, of, of uh, products, the product trends, but also the future in retail. Um, I think there, there are a lot of changes. Um, the, the business is um, different. There are new channels. Uh, there, there are a lot of new channels for the retailers um, to uh, get into contact um, with the end consumer. But we also will have the license talks um, again, because we all know the business in licensing has changed uh, dramatically. Um, so it's um, we'll talk about the streaming platforms, for example, um, that have, has become very important um, if you compare to the, the Hollywood blockbusters um, in former times. And so um, what, what is different is that um, you will find all these talks not only um, on the fairground, but also um, as a live stream um, on our Spiva Messe Digital. Um, this will be new. For anyone who is listening and has not been to the Spielberg Messe, I'm not kidding about the number of buildings. So how many buildings are there this year? Well, it's the, the, the same size. The fairground hasn't changed at all. Um, it was planned. Actually, it was planned to change it, to restructure it, because uh, the plans of the fairground owner um, of the Nuremberg Messe have been uh, to renovate some of these halls. So some of them are a bit older. They're from the 70s. Um, but, um, of course, then the COVID-19 uh, came uh, and uh, the budget is not uh, here anymore. So, but this is, uh, this is good for us because um, we don't have to move any product categories to other halls. So the, the structure of all the halls and the product categories will be exactly the same um, than in the years before. And so the orientation um, will be very good. By understanding there is a million unique toys on display, it's quite an event. And I, I think what's eye-opening for Americans to go to this fair is to realize just how many toys there are. We, we uh, don't see as many toys here in the U.S. as we do in Europe. So I think it's really eye-opening and an exciting part uh, of the show in, in Germany. I think also this, this might be a bit um, overwhelming for, for some of the new visitors, because if you are there for the first time um, on the fairground and you see all these companies exhibiting and all these products, um, it might be a bit difficult uh, to, to uh, have a good orientation or to, to know where to start. Um, so, um, and I think now what, what we have with the Spielmann is a digital um, actually can be a support, a support for people visiting um, the real fair because they can prepare, they can be better prepared and, and get uh, more information in advance um, of the fair and also on the fairground because we have the Spielmann is a digital as a kind of app 
which you can use um, also to have orientation for yourself when you're walking around. One of the things we've heard from a lot of people has been the rise of hybridization between in-person and online, and that they both have their value. Will the, the Spielvar and Mesa Digital be a, ma a factor of the show moving forward? Is this going to be a permanent factor of the show moving forward? Yes, I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, we had very long discussions. I mean, we had a lot of time now to prepare the next fair. Yeah. Um, more, more than we wanted, actually. Um, but, um, uh, so um, it, 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 we were discussing about would we call this a, a hybrid fair? Uh, and we said no, um, because in the, in the focus um, of, of what we are doing is um, really the fair in Nuremberg on the fairground. The digital fair um, is really a kind of... Um, support um, for the, the, the analog um, fair, but um, it doesn't have the same value. Um, it, you get a lot, you get some information you wouldn't find as fast um, if you go um, on the fairground. So, I mean, you have all the exhibitors, uh, you can find very, very easily if you are looking for a special product group or, or maybe you're looking for sustainable products, for example. This would be very hard to find if you're walking around through the fairground. But now if you just use um, the tech um, sustainability, you'll find a lot of them. And then you can prepare um, more easily. For the, for the exhibitors, um, there's one advantage because um, they have a higher reach. Um, so they have, um, they have the visitors that are there on the fairground, but you also have the visitors all around the world that cannot come because there are, for example, travel restrictions or they don't have the budget. Uh, they're coming maybe um, every second year. So Christian, this is going to be a big deal and people are going to be coming back and they're going to be excited to see everybody. And I know you guys have been putting a lot of stuff in place. What can people expect that's going to be new at the fair in 2022? It would be a mixture of new and old. So we, we had so many ideas. Um, as I mentioned, we had a lot of time and we were very creative. But in the end, we said, um, okay, there was this long break and people are coming back in uh, 2022. And then they should still um, have the feeling this is their fair and, and it hasn't changed totally in the meantime. Um, so um, the structure will be the same, um, uh, but... There, there are some new areas that we created. Uh, for example, there is a kind of um, a center or area for um, service partners where you find um, companies working for marketing, for market research, um, also for packaging. Packaging is a very important topic um, for um, our exhibitors because um, it has to do with sustainability. And people are trying to reduce their packaging um, and trying to have more sustainable packaging. Um, and that leads me to the, the, the one thought that is um, that you find everywhere um, on the fairground. It is about sustainability. So um, no matter if, if you're going to our um, to the talks in the Toy Business Forum um, or um, for the Toy Award, for example, there's a new category, sustainability. This will be really a major topic um, on the fairground. Then also um, there's a special Group, a product group that has been growing quite fast during um, the pandemic, which is uh, the board games. Um, we have something absolutely new. Um, there is a special um, games inventors convention, which is very successful here in Bavaria. And um, we have now a cooperation um, with the organizers um, and they are integrating their games inventors convention um, in our fair. So um, there will be kind of networking event for one day where we bring together toy inventors, not only from Germany, but from other countries too. 
um, together the producers or publishers um, of board games. We also have a, a Spielware Messe TV, which we're starting for the first time. Um, we work together with an actor from the UK, um, Rob Taylor Hastings. And also, and, and this I think is, the, is very, very important, and we will have some of our events, like the opening ceremony um, and the toy night. Um, um, there still is a question mark, of course, um, if this is possible, but um, at the moment it looks good. Christian, for the Americans, thinking about attending the show and they've never been there. My experience, and maybe because I speak English, is that English is the language of the show. Pretty correct? Yes, it is. Um, I think if you go to Nuremberg, you have to speak English no matter where you come from, from, from China or Brazil or wherever. Christian Ulrich of the management board of the Spielwaren Messe in Nuremberg, thank you so much. We are all Looking forward to being back together, and what a great place to be. And thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you so much, Chris and uh, Richard. It was really a pleasure to be here. This is the Playground Podcast, and we'll be right back with the end cap. For the end cap this week, we have another one-minute toy story. In this case, the story of Twister and how it almost didn't make it. It's the phenomenon that almost wasn't. It's hard to imagine today, but as popular as Twister is, it was just one day and one lucky break from being an also-ram. On the eve of its release, May 3rd, 1966, Milton Bradley got the news that Sears was canceling its order for the edgy new game, saying it wasn't appropriate for kids. Evidently, the folks in Milton Bradley's PR department didn't get the news in time. That night, they took Twister to The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson, and Carson played it on air with Ava Gabor. Would there ever be a more hilarious way to debut a wacky new game? According to Milton Bradley, the next morning there was a line of about 50 people deep in front of Abercrombie & Fitch in New York clamoring for the game. The word was out, and before long stores, Sears included, were tying themselves in knots trying to restock the shelves fast enough. Twister had found its audience, but it wasn't little kids. Teens and adults drove the game's initial success, though kids were soon to follow. The game continues to be popular, of course, and although the original players may feel too stiff and inflexible to engage in the game, today's kids and young adults love it. This is the Playground Podcast with me, Chris Byrne, my co-host and cohort, Richard Gottlieb, and we are brought to you by Global Toy Experts, The Toy Guide, and marketing and media agency, Chizcom. Thanks for tuning in. Please share this on your social networks, and we look forward to having you listen in next time.